0: Um, Reverend Karabal, should I say that? (laughs) She is amazing. She is a friend. She is the First Lady of Elam Fellowship. And uh, her husband is the president of Elam Fellowship, and um, she is a friend of mine. I love you, Carol. She is the director of the women's ministry there at Elin Fellowship. She is a pastor. She's a prophet. um, She's a lover of God, and we are just honored to have you here with us today. So come on up, Carol. And so thank you for giving her a warm welcome, and just uh, come expecting because God's going to move. Amen. Amen. Give me a hug. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Oh, what, when you get those rave uh, introduction. Whoa! It's like, wow! It's bright up here. Okay. <laughs> I just, um, I just, uh, I'm just privileged and um, to, uh, to just. Uh, Here this morning. I just—it's just an honor and a delight and a privilege, and it's—I don't take it lightly that uh, Pastor uh, Kelly and Pastor Jim have uh, uh, trusted me to be here speaking to you. And so I just thank you, and um, so. Uh, it's wonderful. My, my, my iPad is g- giving me all of a sudden these messages. They want me to comment on my Bible app all of a sudden. So that's why I'm kind of going, no, no, get, get out of the way. I gotta read my, Bible. so anyway. So <laughs> I guess that's an argument for the hard copy old school Bible. So anyway, so. <laughs> So, um, just it's just a pleasure to be here with all of you, and wow, uh, your worship and uh, praise, that was amazing. I heard, I loved it. Amen. Uh, I just want to tell you, I, you know, amen, my husband and I, we pastored a church for 27 years, and we just last year made the transition uh, to move over to Elon Fellowship for my husband to be the president there and to minister out of the positions there. And uh, so, we've had the opportunity, we go and see many churches and go around visit many churches. Churches. and I'm telling you not every church has that worship that just brings you into the presence and and uh, and so it's awesome here so appreciate it I'm just saying that to encourage you and to say enter into God's presence you know you don't need good music to praise and worship God let's say that but the presence of God is here and the anointing and the worship is here and just don't take that for granted and when you come together really enter in uh, to his presence I'm just encouraging you and exhorting you but also do it. When you're driving in your car, but don't close your eyes. Or when you're, when you're home doing the dishes. Or, or wherever you are, because the Bible says, <clears throat> the word says that his praise will continually be on my lips. Amen? Yeah. So it's good to have a lifestyle of praise. Well, I wanna, I, uh, the word I want to bring with to you this morning, it's a word about having peace. How many know that's a good thing to have, isn't it? Peace. And you know, with, um, it's something that, that the Lord said, uh, uh, that He, he's, He told the disciples way back in, in, uh, John, in the Gospel of John. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. He said, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. How we know that sometimes we we all of a sudden we feel like finally I'm getting a break. Sometimes you know life happens. You know life hits us. Life situations, events. You know you just have to turn on the news. And if you're a type of person that starts to get upset, you could go, "What's happening in the world?" You know, and and uh, or just life, family, our kids, our jobs, or whatever it is, health. And all these things come against us a lot of times to try to can erode our peace and give it, make us anxious and cause us to worry. And Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. Have you ever sometimes had a lull, you know, and felt like, finally, a moment of peace. Well, it's not going to be too long before that's going to go away. Because Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, be encouraged. For I have overcome the world. And he said to them, Peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I. See, the world kind of peace is, If everything's okay out in my circumstances, then I have peace. That's the world peace. Everything has to be calm. Everything has to be going great. And then I can have peace. But the peace that Jesus gives is peace within. No matter what's going on on the outside, we have peace within. No matter what the enemy or the world or anyone's trying to come against us with, we have peace within. So it's not the kind of peace. Sometimes, you know, I feel like, oh, my, my church ladies gave me a gift one time to go to the, to the spa for a day, you know, to Mirabeau, you know. Do you know where Mirabeau is? Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking, oh, a day of peace, right? But I'm not talking about that kind of peace. And uh, that kind of peace could be different for, for some people. My, I don't know if we have any hunters here, but our associate pastor back at Lighthouse, who is now the pastor, Derek Lopervito, and his wife, Michelle, uh the pastors. But he would he would find peace. He would go, like, in the middle of winter in the snow up in a deer a tree stand, climb up into a tree and sit in a tree at 5 o'clock in the morning with the snow and the cold and sit there and wait for the deer to go by, you know. And he said, it's so peaceful. I'm like, uh, No. No, that's not my idea of peace. So, you know, so, but things happen that we have to have peace. Sometimes just stuff, everyday stuff happens. I got to tell the story on my daughter because you know my daughter Sarah and she's here. And and uh, you know sometimes we just get we just get anxious and we lose our peace. This is just a funny little story. When I was uh, first, when we first came to the church, and I was a young woman, a young pastor's wife, and uh, I wanted to do you know I was I was arranging our one of our first women's retreats, and um, I was I had I I asked this lady to come. Her name was Sylvia Evans, and I know that she's minister here. Well, back then, Sylvia Evans was like, oh, you know, and and uh, it was like, you just want to, you know, it was like if the mayor was coming to your house or something, you know, or if, if your in-laws were coming for the first time, and you just were like on edge, because you wanted everything to be perfect. And I told my daughter, she was like five years old, and I said to her, or four, four, four years old, and I said to her, I said, now Sarah, when this lady comes, she's going to stay at our house, and so she was staying at our house. And I said, now we're going to have to be on our best behavior and, you know, be quiet because, you know, she just, you know, so because I'm thinking she wants to study and everything. So we're going to need to be quiet. And and um, so then we go to pick Sylvia up. And uh, she gets in the, in the van. And my daughter is sitting there. She sits down next to my daughter. And what do you know, Sarah looks up at her and says, My mommy says that you need a lot of peace. And I'm I'm in the front seat, I'm like oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, thanks a lot because for the whole weekend my peace just went off the window. So, you know, if you know Sylvia, she looks down at her she goes, did she? And I'm like, oh God. So, but you know, there's so, There's things that just happened that could just cause us to be anxious and cause us to disrupt the tranquility of what we think our life is. But when Jesus said, I have come to give you peace, he's talking about peace within. See, peace defined me absence of war, absence of hostility, absence of mental anxiety, absence of discord in a relationship, opposites of peace or distress, worry, agitation, battle. So when I think of peace, I think uh, uh, it denotes that there's uh, when we don't have peace, there's a battle, there's a rage going on. See, the Bible talks about we have peace with God, right? When we receive him, we have peace with God. And he wants us to have peace with one another, but there's a peace inwardly that he wants us to have. And that's a peace in our heart and in our mind. In our heart and in our mind. And there are a lot of times, if we don't have peace in either place, there's a battle going on. My mind knows, but my heart is unrestful. My heart knows, but my mind, how many knows? We get stuff in our mind. Our mind can keep us up at night, turning and churning and being unpeaceful. And there's a battle that happens between our hearts and our minds. And God wants us not to have that battle. He wants us to have peace within. Peace I give you, not as the world, but I give you inward peace. Inward peace he wants us to have peace because you know we are a new creation aren't we for anyone that's a new creation that is in Christ is a new creation all things have become new we have a new relationship we have a new way of thinking we have a new sp- born-again spirit we have a new relationship we have a new life we have a, but you know what the world we live in isn't new so there's going to be tribulation. But he said, I fear not, for I have come to give you peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think about these things. Amen? <coughs> peace. He wants, So he wants peace in our hearts and our minds. He said the peace of God will guard Your heart and your mind. Don't be anxious, but in all kinds of prayer and supplication, give your requests to God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Right. Right. Right? (laughs) He wants peace in our heart. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And and he wants peace in our minds. When We have to keep our mind on him. When we keep our mind on the things that are not praiseworthy, it's like there's this resistance. He wants us to keep our minds. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And he wants us to have peace. Peace with God. Uh, and peace in our heart and in our mind. Amen? Isaiah Isaiah twenty six three says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Whose mind is stayed on you. Okay, so right, so why don't we have that peace? Sometimes things happen in our lives. We have uh we hear a diagnosis of, of health either for ourselves or for our family members. I had that happen to me four years ago. I had a diagnosis coming to me and man, I did not have peace. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. God has worked and God has done awesome things and miraculous things since then. But, um, but sometimes things come. The job, our finances cause us to have unrest, it, doesn't it? Our children, the school, all the things that are happening, things that are happening, we don't have peace. And, well, it says right here, to present my request, for all prayer and supplication, I will have peace. How do I know that when you're walking through the dark parking lot at night and you think that someone's going to jump you and mug you, and you're saying, you're you're quoting scripture, go, peace, peace, perfect love, cast out fear, perfect love, cast out and you're still having all that fear all the way to your car. (laughs) car. I'm like, what's going on? You know, I'm like, my kids call me the Google queen. I'm like, let me Google, am I I not supplicating? right? Am I not praying right? Am I not doing something right? Because I pray and pray and pray and pray, but I still worry, 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 worry when, when, when these things are going on. And we pray and we quote the verse, but that's the reason for that is when I pray, when I've read this verse, and I said, see, it's easier said than done. Have you ever had anyone quote that verse to you? Just present your request to God. And we'll all pray and you'll have peace. Just give it to God and you'll have peace. And it's like, that's easier said than done. But it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of trust. The Lord said to me, when you're praying and when you're thinking you're going to have peace because you're presenting all your requests to me, you're thinking you're going to have peace because you're thinking I'm going to answer it the way that you want it to be answered. You're trusting in the answer to the prayer rather than the person you're praying to. I'm like, oh. So I'm sitting there going, okay, Lord. <laughs> because, because I'm still trying to figure it all out in my mind. I'm I'm not trusting. Proverbs says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him; He will direct your paths." Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm like, "Oh Lord, I'm not trusting You. I'm trusting. I'm leaning on my own understanding. This is this is what you have to do, God. I don't say that, but this is what needs to be done, and this is what the Lord's going to do, you know. And I'm trying to figure if if this this this, and I'm leaning on my own understanding." How can I lean on my own understanding when Romans says to be carnally minded is, is death? To be, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So Lord, I don't want to lean on my own understanding because that's not going to lead me anywhere except to worry and unrest. But I've got to trust in you. Trust in you. Peace is not in the answer. It's in the person. I'm trusting in the one who I'm giving it to. Lord, I trust in you. I don't know how or when it's going to be answered, but I'm trusting you because when I give it to you, I can trust you because you work all things out for the good for those who love you and are called by your name. You do all things well, Lord, and I can trust you. Trust is a deeper place of faith. Trust is a deeper place of faith. Amen? When we trust him, we can have peace. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am confident. And I know him and I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed until that final day. He knew who he believed in. He trusted him completely. I'm sure if he was standing here, he would say he had times too. We all have times, right? (laughs) But Lord, oh for grace to trust you more. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Does anyone know that hymn? Is that too old for anybody? I think the hymns, by the way, someone asked me the other day, a young person, someone my kid's age, asked me, um, they said, do you you think we'll always be singing hymns? And I said, I think so. I think hymns are like Bach and Mozart to me. I don't, you know, they're they're classic. They're full of doctrine. But anyway, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word." just to trust and rest in his promise, just to know thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Because trust is a deeper place of faith. Peace comes from trusting God. Isaiah 26.3, I quoted it before and I didn't finish it. It says, you will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Because he trusts you. Keeping your mind, trust in the Lord. To further illustrate this, what I'm trying to say, I want to look at Mark chapter 4. And it's, you probably know, the famous Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. It's the disciples getting in the boat and crossing the sea, okay? Mark chapter 4. And I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Because I'm going I'm to tell you right up front. No, I'm not going to tell you because you have an outline. Because <laughs> then you'll all be filling in. It's not a complicated outline, so just wave at me if I skip over something. But I don't think I will. Anyway, so... Here's Mark chapter 4. I'm just going to read it to further illustrate what I'm trying to say. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. (coughs) And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be? It's Jesus. (laughs) Trust in Him. Get to know who He is. When well, we trust in the Lord, and He wants us to trust in four things from this passage that I just read. Four things. First one in your notes: trust in His promises. Trust in His promises. <clears throat> when our kids were little, when I, when, I, when we when Chris and I got married, and we were like, we're going to raise our children, and we decided, we talked uh, to, with ourselves, with one another. And we said, we don't ever want to be like those parents that are always saying, we're gonna, we're gonna go, uh, we're gonna go see this movie next week. And, uh, we, you know, we, we're gonna go do it. And then, that, and then the weekend comes, it's like, oh, well, turns out we can't do that. You know, we didn't, we didn't want to say things to them and then, uh, it not happened. We said, we're not gonna promise anything until we're like 99.999999% sure. I leave that a little opening because, you know, we're not perfect like the Lord, but you know, so. And but we're not going to promise anything until we're absolutely sure that we're going to be able to do it, because we didn't want to have to break that trust, break that place of trust and that promise. So sometimes when they would say, "Can I get this toy for Christmas?" or you know, "Can I? Can we go uh, stop at uh, this place? Uh, you know, McDonald's on the way going here or something?" We if we weren't sure it was going to be doable, we would say, "We'll see." right? That's the, uh, that's the great parent line, we'll see, or maybe, <laughs> but they didn't like that. You know, they, they wanted to hear, yes, and then they would say, promise, and we would say, promise. That's what they always wanted to hear, and Sarah was, like, promise, promise, because they knew if we said, yes, we promised, that it was going to happen, you know, we said if we said maybe or we'll see, they're like, that means no. And I'd be always like, that doesn't mean no. <laughs> <clears throat> but they wanted to hear, yes, we promised, because they knew that if we promised, it was a done deal. And that's how it is with the Lord. If he promised something, it's a done deal. And we have to trust in his promise, the word of his promise. Hebrews chapter 6 says we have this hope. We have these this, these promises. Uh, the promises of God cannot change. He's given his promises as an anchor within the veil. We have this hope within the veil. He promises he does not lie. If he said it, it's going to happen. See, the disciples, they needed to realize, they got all worried and anxious, as you see in the story, as they were crossing the sea. They got all worried and bent out of shape because they forgot that Jesus said let's go over to the other side. He said, let us cross over. And what has God said to you? Because any one of us that know the Lord or has come to him, we have promises from him. There's there's over 3,000 or something in the Bible that you could claim of his written word. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will provide for all your needs. You have the victory in Jesus. He's given you everlasting life. Nothing will separate you from his love. There are promises that God makes even in his word. That they are yes and amen. All God's promises are yes and amen. Trust in his promises, but you know in your heart that when you know the Lord and when you've come to him, he has settled promises within your spirit, within your soul. You know the promises of God. You're going to do great and mighty things for him. You're going to do great and mighty things for the Lord. That's for both of you. You're going to do great and mighty things. He's called you. He's called you to do great and mighty things in his kingdom. He's going to take you places that that you've dreamed of. But even places that you haven't dreamed of. He's gonna bring you out and he's gonna use you in a mighty way. And he's gonna give you, he's gonna give you discernment. He's gonna, he's gonna give you the ability to, to create. And to see, see something that no one else has seen. And you're going to, you're going to see it. And you're going, to, you're going to bring healing in ways that you didn't even expect that you were going to bring. He's going to show you things. There's a, there's a wisdom of Solomon. There's a wisdom of Solomon that he gave to Solomon. That Solomon was able to see things. And he's going to give you that kind of wisdom in the places he's called you to. He's called you to places overseas. He's going to call you to travel to places. You're going to do work in the kingdom, work for his people. You're going to see people come to the Lord through the ministry that He that he's going to bring you to and bring you into. Amen. 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 That was what's your name? Stephanos, Stephanos and Sarah. Amen. Praise God. But he's giving you promises. Amen, and his promises are yes and amen. Aren't they? Young man, he has called you. There's a call of God on your life. There's a pastoral call of God on your life, and even as a team here, but there's a call of pastoring on your life. I don't know if it's pastor, senior pastor church, but there's a pastoring call on your life, and there's a call on your life for his word, to preach his word with power, with effectiveness, with anointing, and begin to study and look into his word, because he's going to not in way down the road, but he's going to begin to call you out and make a way and make ways of opportunity for you. And he's saying, step into it because I have anointed you and I have put my word in your heart. And it's a word that will set the captives free and declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And you're going to be a mighty woman of wisdom and prayer, says the Lord. Wisdom and prayer. Wisdom and prayer. And if you've got a heart You've got a heart of compassion and love. And the Lord's going to cause you to open up and minister to people who need to be encouraged, who need to be lifted up. The oppressed and the downtrodden. you're going to take into your heart and you're going to have a word of encouragement for them and you're going to be able to minister to them the compassion of the Lord and it's going to bring healing into their lives. Amen? Amen? So, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for your word, Lord God. God is so good. Trust in his promise and what he has spoken into your soul, what he's spoken into your heart, what he's dropped into your spirit. The Lord promised me when I got a diagnosis four years ago, I was all undone by it. And, the Lord, and I was praying, Lord, I just, need to, I just need to hear something. I just need to hear something. The only thing he said to me was, you're going to be okay. He, he gave me a scripture verse. I would have lost courage unless I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But see, I thought in my mind, I'm going to get healed. So the next time, I got pray- next time I got prayed for and went and got tested, I thought, oh, I'm going to be healed. And I wasn't. Because so, <laughs> I thought in my own mind, that's how it's supposed to work, right? But then I began to realize he gave me that verse so I knew that no matter what, it was going to be okay. He said, don't be afraid. That's what he said to me. Don't be afraid. You're going to be okay. So I began to say, okay, no matter what happens, I'm going to be Okay. I'm going to be okay. That was his promise. So I had to hold on to his promise. He said, the Lord said, I'm going to be okay. And anytime fear tried to come in, or the enemy tried to come in and say something, or this is going to be this, oh, this is going to be really bad. I said, no, no, I'm going to be okay. His grace is sufficient for me no matter what. I'm going to be okay. He's going to, he's going to, well, I'm getting ahead in my points, but he—but remember, he said to them, they forgot they, they lost sight of the fact that he said, let us cross over to the other side. If they would have remembered that, they would have said, if they would have trusted in who he was and his promise, they would have said, wait a minute, this storm isn't no big deal because Jesus said we're going over to the other side. They had seen so many miracles. They had seen his hand move uh, for healing, for deliverance. But they forgot. They said, trust in his promises. He will keep his promise. His promise is yes and amen yes and amen. Hallelujah. Trust in his promise. Secondly, trust in his presence. Trust in his presence. He will be with you through it. And that's why I started to say, I knew he was going to be with me. He was in the boat. He was in the boat. He didn't jump ship. He was walking on the water somewhere other time. I'm out of here, guys. He was in the boat with them. He stayed in the boat. Trust in his presence. He will be with you through it. Not only he will do it, but he will be with you through it. What do we do? That's what I what I've done, what I've done so many times. The storms come and what happens in the pa- in these past 4 years i have i have probably in the past 4 years or 3 years uh experienced every single upheaval of life that can happen to a person in a lifetime <laughs> but 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 i'm saying and as of, as of, probably many of you are even worse than what i've experienced but we 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 uprooted and my husband got the position at Elam, which is great But we pastored our church for 27 years, and it was a great church, and we loved our church, and it was our family. And the Lord told us that this was the move that he was moving us in. And it was difficult. We sold our house that we raised our children in for 20-some years, and we had to move everything. We changed our house. We changed our job. We changed, at the same time, we're empty nesting. At the same, at the same time, I'm getting a diagnosis from the doctor that of <laughs> this, uh, this vile thing that's in, in me that could kill me if I don't deal with it. <laughs> and, you know, and, and all this stuff is happening at the same time. My parents, my father's getting a stroke, just all this stuff. And some of it is, some of it is good stuff. My kids are getting married and stuff, but it's all happening at one time. <laughs> and um, and that could be like a storm that could be like the winds in the middle of the lake because Jesus said when I first got saved when I first got saved Jesus delivered me from a horrible life and he delivered me and brought me into his love and his acceptance. And I was like, everything's really nice. We're coasting along on this calm Mediterranean sunshine. <laughs> and I go to Bible school and I find my husband and my family. We have this church. Woo! God is good. And wham! life happens, stuff happens, and the storms are coming, and what do you do, what do you do, what do you do? And I forgot that Jesus said, I've promised you victory. I've promised you that I'm taking you somewhere. I promise you that you're going somewhere. I promise you it's going to be okay, and these things are in your life. Like Paul said, I'm confident that I'm not going anywhere because there's still stuff for me to do. In Philippians, I'm confident that the Lord has something planned. And, but, what do we do? Well, just what the disciples did? We forget that he 's with us. We forget that he 's with us, and then they 're in the boat and they get their eyes on the storm and what do we do jesus what just what they did? What did they say don 't you care? God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you see what I'm going through here? Don't you see that we don't have enough money to put food on? Don't you see that the kids are going wild? Don't you see that? Don't, Lord, what's going on? Not one more thing, Lord. I can't take one more thing. That's what we do. Come on. <laughs> That's what the disciples did. That's what they did. They ran out and go. Don't you care that we're perishing? The same thing. And we forget. He says, I am with you. I'm with you through it. You go on to the other side. When our kids were little, again, we were in Disney World. Josiah, I don't know if who knows knows him here, but he was five years old. Josiah liked the Disney princesses, man. He was into those ladies. (laughs) He was like... And we're in Disney World, we're in this open courtyard, and we're looking at these this little shelf of some items here, and he's like, he's right by me, but in the courtyard, about five of them come in, you know, Belle, and Aurora, and Snow White, and all of them, they're walking by, and, and uh, he gets his eyes on them, he's like... And he just walks over. You know, he's like from me to Pastor Kelly. And uh, so I'm just keeping my eye on him. And he walks over and he's looking at him walk by and he's enthralled. And then all of a sudden they walk by, they pass by. And all of a sudden I saw the look, the panic on his face. Because all of a sudden he realized, where's mom? Where's mom? Because after the princesses were gone, he's like, where's mom? I lost sight of mom. And I was right there, you know. I was like, oh, my baby. <laughs> I was like, just say just say it. But he started that panic. And Jesus said, that's how we are. Because we get our mind, and we get our mind on the circumstance. We get our mind on the storm. We get our mind. See, when it says in Philippians to whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is noble, whatever is of good report, whatever is true, that's Jesus. He's noteworthy. He's praiseworthy. The testimony of Jesus is of good report. Keeping your mind on, state on him, and he will keep you in perfect peace. But he said, when you get your mind, and, and, it says in Philip, and it says later on, the God of peace will be with you. And I'm like, well, where does he go? Does he, if I have to think about good things to have him come to me? He says, no, I'm always there. You lose sight of that when you get your mind on the other things, just like Josiah lost sight of me being right there with him when he got his eyes on the princesses. When we get our eyes on the storm and we don't experience the reality of the presence of Jesus with us. But he says, keep your mind on me and no matter what storm comes around, you're going to trust and have peace because you know I'm in the boat. You know I'm with you. I'm going to go with you through it. And the next one, we have to trust in his promises, in his presence, trust in his power. He is more than able to do it. And there's nothing that can come against us, nothing that can come against us that He is not able to to, to deal with it. And we got to know that for a fact. The disciples didn't know because they they didn't know. They didn't think they did not think that He could handle the storm because they were like all afraid. Who is this? Who is the be Him? They didn't think He could do it. They didn't trust in His power. But he's able to deal with anything that can come against you, whatever it is that's coming against you today. He is able to deal with it. He has promised you good things. He has promised you a hope and a future. He has promised you a good plan. He has promised you a good and precious and lovely outcome. He's promised it. No matter what, he's promised to be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And he has promised to. And he has the ability to do it. He said to the woman with the issue of blood, she trusted in his power. She said, if I could only reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And he said... And everyone, you know the story, everyone was touching him that day. But when she touched him, because she trusted in his power, when she touched him, he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And they're like, how can you tell if everybody's touching you? What do you mean who touched you? He said, because I felt power go out from me. Power went out from me. Virtual power went out from me. And he turned to her and he said, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Have peace because you trust in God. And we can trust in his power. He will do it. He will be with you through it. And he is able to do it. And lastly, trust in his person. Trust in who he is. This is the thing, the big thing. Trust in who he is. He wants us to know him to know him, his character. He is good. He is merciful. He is long-suffering. What did he say to Moses when he passed by him in the cliff of the rock? The rock of the cliff, whatever it was? The, <laughs> the cleft of the rock. But he said, I have a little place for you to stand here. And I'm going to pass by and reveal my glory to you. And he walks by him and he says, I am I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am long-suffering. I am good. I show mercy to those generations upon generations. I am loving. I am gracious. I am just. I am righteous. But knowing his character, he wants to do it. He wants you to have the victory. He wants you to fulfill his purpose. He wants you to be well. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper. When we don't have peace is when we don't realize that our way of prospering or our definition of succeeding is different. But when we line up with him, he gives us the desires of his heart and we can trust that what he said he will do, what he promised He will do. And he wants you to succeed. He has a plan for your life. And he wants you to fulfill it. He has has planned it from the foundations of the world. He has planned it when you were in your mother's womb. He has marked out every day that he has planned and he wants you to succeed. And he wants you to be prosperous. His character is that, that he cannot lie. And his character is that, that he is love and he wants you to be well and he will do it. He wants you to trust in the person of who he is. In verse 41, he says to them. They they they, they said uh I don't want to miss the verse for you. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he says to them, he says to the disciple, well, they they said uh he says, why were you afraid? Why were you afraid? And that word afraid there means just a little afraid. Why were you a little afraid of the storm? Where was your faith? And then it says they were terrified. The word terrified means exceedingly afraid. They were extremely afraid. See, they, had, they didn't yet understand he wasn't like some Zeus. Okay, um, hear me out. He wasn't like some Zeus, angry big god up there that was gonna like, like make him toast with a bolt of lightning. You know, <laughs> who is this guy that even the wind will, will see obey him? They were exceedingly afraid, and he's like, his his heart was breaking because he said, "Where was your faith?" And I've heard this taught, and I used to even believe it, that, you know, he's saying, where was your faith? Why would you have to wake me up from my nap? I finally found a place to lay my head with a nice pillow up there. You know, what, what's going on? You guys didn't have to wake me up. You guys could have spoke to the storm. That's not what he was saying. That's not at all what he was saying. He was saying, where was your trust? Where was your believing in me? What happened? To you guys, why were you afraid? It's the same thing that in John 14 that he said to to Philip. He said, have you been with me so long and you still don't know me? Trust me in who I am. He wants you to be well. He wants you to succeed. He's with you. What has he promised you today? Because, see, that's the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And the enemy of our souls wants to rob us of our peace. Because when we don't have peace, it makes us ineffective. When we're worried and anxious about all these things that God says, don't be anxious and worried about that. When we're worried and anxious, it causes us to be ineffective in the kingdom of God. And God says, I want you. I want you to be joyful and have peace. And won this race. And it's for every one of us. Because we all have a place. We all have, and he wants us to know him and be in relationship with him and love him. And when we don't have peace, we become ineffective because we're so tangled up and worried. What does it say? Do not worry about what you will eat or what you will wear, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Don't worry because it makes us ineffective. It makes us chase after the things that don't bring us joy, that don't bring us real life. And God knows that. But today he's saying to you, trust in him. Trust in his promise. Trust in his presence that he will be with you. Trust in his power that he is able to overcome anything that can come against you. And trust in his person, his character, who he is. He's not in man that he should lie. And he will not fail you. He will not fail you. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is good. God is awesome in this place. Amen. Praise his name. Praise his name. Could you stand with me, please? You sa- and I just want you to stand and I want you to I want to pray for you. And I want to ask you right now, you know this, you know how how it goes. You maybe have just come through a storm, or you may be in a storm right now. And if you haven't just come through one and you're not in one. Take my word that one is coming. Because so, <laughs> in this life, you will have tribulation. That's not like to scare anybody. That's just to say, hey, but the Lord wants you to know that his promises are yes and amen. Amen? And he's going to be with you. And, he's, and he's, he's for you, not against you. And I want, I want to pray for you today. You're saying, you know, I have been having unrest. I haven't been holding on to that peace. I haven't been walking in that peace. I've been worried about so many things, and I want to get my eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. I want to once again not let that worry and that anxiety cause me to be ineffective and paralyze me. I want you to lift your hand right now. If you're in that place, you're saying, God, I want to, I want to be that person. Just lift your hand to the Lord right now. Amen. Amen. All over. I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these precious brothers and sisters. I thank you, Father, that they, Lord God, uh, are, are here today and that they, they have they have chosen to come into your house and that their heart is to, to seek you and to be with you and to be in relationship with you, Lord God. Father, I, I I thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, right now, I pray, even as they're lifting their hands to you and that they've heard this word, Lord God, of your precious promises that are yes, Lord God, that they can have have the peace that passes all understanding, Lord, that it would guard their hearts and their minds. I pray today as they are saying, Lord, I'm casting my eyes upon you. I'm going to set my focus on you. Lord, I'm going to think, I'm going to choose to think on the good report and the good testimony of Jesus Christ and his glory and his victory. Lord, that they're going to have a fresh strength come into their lives. Lord, I even pr- I even pray, Lord, for those that are physically that are suffering with, with, with health things, Lord God, that part of it is due some of this worry and anxiety Lord God that this is going to be healing for their bones Lord God just like it says in Proverbs 3 Lord it's going to be healing for their bones Lord Jesus so Lord I thank you Lord that it's we're choosing to walk in peace because we're trusting in you Lord God that you Lord are going to come and flood their lives and strengthen them Lord God and, Lord, they're going to begin to see your power at work. They're going to begin to see, Lord, your hand move on their behalf. I thank you, Lord God, that as they trust in, your, in you, that, Lord, you're going to bring the answer, and you're going to bring the direction, you're going to bring the provision, the guidance, what is needed in their lives, Lord God, according to your will, according to your purpose, according to your promise, Lord God. And they're going to rejoice because they're going to rejoice in the testimony of the goodness of the Lord, and they're going to say that God... God is my healer. God is my provider. God has shown himself faithful. I have trusted in the Lord, and the Lord has done great and marvelous things in my sight. Thank you, Father, for these dear, precious souls. Thank you for the testimony that's going to be on their lips, because they have trusted in you. In Jesus' name, amen.